Welcome to the Omega Corp, boy. Hope you survive the experience. Welcome to the Omega Corp. This is with Keith and Chris. This is Keith. This is Chris. And we are getting ready to wind down the original run of Uncanny Avengers. It's the third and final part. Okay, so where we left off last time is Kang had used his powers mixed with Magistrate Braddock's to send the original five surviving members of the Uncanny Avengers' minds back into their original bodies. Um, the issue following that starts off with showing Wanda and Simon in bed. Consummating the damn thing. Um, getting ready to create the plan to bring the mutants there. Which gets interrupted by Rogue saving Wolverine and Shiro. And going and finding them. And Basically, this is the moment where Rogue is like, listen. We, like, like She's basically saying, like, we're going to do this. We're going to do it your way. But, you know. I'm sorry. And she actually... Hugs Wanda, <laughs> which is which is probably one of the most awkward hugs because like she just got done, you know, getting getting the business done. She's in her skimmies, and, and here comes Rogue <laughs> and like two other dudes popping up, and like Rogue's like, oh, you know, bygones be bygones. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that I, I killed you. you. <laughs> but that's the thing; she hasn't actually. She hasn't done it yet. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm sorry. I understand. I've been told. Please forgive me. It, it is kind of funny because, like, these first, I think it's like two issues in this final arc, is basically just like a very sped up, like, what you've read already, but it's like... Completely <laughs> they, changed. Oh, my God. They already know what's going on. So it's almost like they work like such a well-oiled machine that it just, they get it knocked out so quickly. And there's a reason for that because... Yeah. We're, so, you get to a, you get to this other part of the story that kind of takes over, but so while they're saving the, them, the uh, havoc, uh, Captain or Thor and Janet have collected the rest of the Avengers and the X Men, and are starting to tell them the new plan rather than the plan that failed, which it does kind of resemble the. Old plan, except for there's a wrinkle thrown in. And about that time, Wanda creates a portal, and the other five of the Avengers in, uh, Unity t Squad show up. And it's revealed that the plan is basically that Rogue is going to intake every hero's power besides... A certain few, like Thor, whose job is to go get the axe, because he's going to end up taking on the Celestial. Yeah. Uh, a team that's going to end up going to fight the, uh, or destroy the Tachyon Dam, which is going to be a team that's willing to kill so that it can be, the job gets done. Yeah. Do we, yeah, we <clears throat> essentially like we have this moment where like everyone, instead of like 
it being so separated, they are all basically come together. They're like rogue. And basically Simon, instead of giving all of his energy to enact this spell, he gives all of his energy to rogue. Well, it's not just his. It's a lot of the other Avengers as yeah. well. I, yeah, it's a little bit of everyone, but like his is kind of, to go one. on further with the storyline, his is kind of the more important part. And then Havoc and Shiro are going to be together. I don't remember if they're part of the Tachyon Dam team. Um, so, it, so it's Havoc, Shiro, and it is Wolverine, it looks like. So and, the Tachyon Dam? Yes. Okay. Um, the re- the rest basically Rogue is getting powered up because she's going to. She's basically going to fight a celestial. Well, yeah, to and, prevent him from making contact with the Earth. Yeah, yeah, and um, that's kind of like a cool change of events too, because um, later on you find out that they also somehow talked Century into and, also helping, and. Fuck, I don't even know how they did that. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I can't remember either. I, well, and it's like uh, like Janet shows up with the Sentry. Janet works with Sentry. To, yeah, she's basically to like kind of calm him down and bring him back into a good guy role. Yeah, so, like I said, like all the stuff that happened like in the last story arc. Like I said, it's all it's all breezing through so quickly because they are so together on this that it, it's like it's like. It's like the Apocalypse Twins don't even know what to do with this information. It's it's like yes. it's it's it, like and like I said, they and they they're even saying like, oh, they you know they've came back from time, so like you know we're basically we're fucked, you know, like yeah, we're we don't have the advantage now. They have the advantage. Yeah. So pretty quickly, the Tachyon Dam goes down. The Celestial is slowed down by Rogue and, and Sentry. Yeah. <laughs> Pushing the Celestial back into outer space. Uh, as soon as the Tachyon Dam comes down, Kang, that time-traveling fuckwit, brings his group in and throws a wrench into the whole plans. Uh, he's yeah, basically well, going to use this to try and... He's created this plan, and he thinks he's going to basically use it to speed up... His conquering of Earth. Well, so, yeah, the way he words it is, like, he was even prepared for all of this. This was part of King's plan. This is the way he words it. Now, mind you, that might just be him kind of... Blustering. Yeah, I don't think it was part of his plan. I think it's just him being like, well, actually, this is part of my plan. So, yeah, so now we have a dead Celestial, and... Well, no, 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 the Celestial's still alive at this point, because Kang's getting ready to... Well, well, mess with the twins so that Thor can get the axe. Well, no, so Thor already has, like, that's what I'm saying. Everything happens so quickly. Thor already has the axe. Does he? Okay. Yeah, I didn't, he, I thought Kang kind of helped to distract so that he could get the axe. No, because that's, that's like, I think that's like part of it. It's like, they already all know what happened, so they just all kind of sneakily do all this shit. And like I said, they, they don't really do, they don't do the spell for all the mutants, so like, as, as far as far as they know, the twins. As far as they know, Wanda is, you know, basically getting ready to do the spell. Yeah. So yeah, Thor at this point has gotten Yarnbjorn. He's he's not even trying to bargain with the Celestial. No, at this he, point. Just he just straight goes up straight for it. it. Cuts his neck clean open. He's leaking cosmic energy out of his neck. 
Um, and that is when Kang shows up. Because, again, the Tachyon Dam has been broken down. It's done. So he shows up with his Chronal Core. And, uh, you know, that's where the shit starts hitting the fan. That's, this is the big reveal in the third part. Um, basically, this is where, you know, the Chronal Core, they basically go and fight the remaining Avengers on the Earth to keep them from doing the business. From distracting uh, Kang, who's going to use the energy that the uh, Celestial is leaking to power himself up. He didn't count on Havoc and Sunfire showing up and also absorbing this because their powers all work on collecting radiation as well. Yeah, part, part of me was wondering, um, like, yes, Kang did show up, but was that, was were they going to do that anyways, regardless if Kang showed up or not? Like, was that part of the plan? Was to absorb all this energy? I don't think so. I think in the the Avengers' minds, had Kang not shown up, they'd have killed the Celestial, let him bleed off his energy, gone back to Earth, called it a day. Yeah. Um, right before the fight, uh, or no, after the fight. Well, yeah, so, 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 yeah, so basically... basically yeah, uh, Shiro and Alex, they show up to start siphoning off this energy from the Celestial. So they can fight Kang on level ground. Yeah, Kang, Kang shows up, stabs Shiro, and basically destroys his form. Um, and then You they, think he's actually killed Shiro. Yeah, we, we have this, we have this kind of, we have this confrontation between Alex, which is this leader of the Avengers, and Kang, who has set all this into motion to begin with. And, uh, Alex has been very badly scarred from yes. Shiro blowing up. Shiro blowing up and the energy of the Celestial is, has, was part of that. And, and he can absorb it, but it scars him. Yeah, it, it's too much energy. Yeah. Um, but So basically, there, there, so there's another aspect that we did also forget to mention. Not only is there King the Conqueror's Chronal Core, or whatever he calls him, but there's also a younger version of Kane who is um, Immortus. Um, he has his own version. Essentially, he calls him the Infinity Watch. Um, he has his own version. And because this dam is now down, his team comes in to help the Avengers with Kane's Chronal Core. That was something we forgot to mention. It was, to be fair, it was. Very quickly breezed through. It was like, I think, two pages. And he's basically who sent Alex and Shiro to fight Kang. Yeah. So so we think that it's a fight between Kang and Alex at this point. And it, I mean, and I mean and don't get me wrong. Like, it's, it's pretty even, but Kang's got the upper hand. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Shiro pops up. Shiro basically has shed his human form. He is pure cosmic energy now at this point. Um, and this kind of tides the t uh, turns the tides on Kang. Yeah. And let's be honest, Kang's a coward at heart. So when he's not fighting a fight that he knows he can win, he's going to run. But they're going to try and end him here so they don't have to deal with him ever again. Yeah. It, 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 and and in the, and the funny thing is, in the process of this giant, basically, fight between three cosmic... Because at, at this point, 
like I said, Shiro's absorbed all this stuff. Havoc has absorbed. Kang has. They kind of, in a passing glance, destroy the arc that the Apocalypse Twins are on. Yes. Um, which is just kind of crazy, because it's like, we had this big storyline with these characters, but that's just kind of a second win. Now. Or it's like, it's, it's now... They're done with them, and those characters have actually been killed, and are never seen again. We'll see, but that's uh, the That same. I've seen. No, because, like I said, I just reread this. It does show um, Dakin and, um, I think, Grim Reaper... Because they're on the ship. They're carrying their their knocked out bodies. So okay. they just haven't been used since then. But I guess at some point, if someone ever wanted to dig these characters out, they could use them, and it would be great. Yeah, because they were really, really good evil geniuses. Yeah. I mean, they succeeded originally. So basically we get to this point where Alex has beaten the shit out of Kang. Kang disappears. He takes his chronal core with him. Um, but he also has told Alex, congratulations, you're never going to see your kid again. Basically, yeah. Because that was kind of the whole thing. You know, he took he took Alice, Alex and Janet's kid and was, you know, um, you know, like, you do things my way or you'll never see this. But that's kind of... The thing is, and that's kind of a dialogue that Alex is saying this whole time he's fighting. He's like, I want to see my daughter more than anything, but her life, unfortunately, this is the way it was going to be regardless. Yeah. Her it was life, always going to be her life or everybody else. Everyone else, every and other I child's life, yeah. I can't void everybody else's life for one child that really we could, at this point, have again. Yeah. Also, after Exeter, uh, the Celestial has been basically dispatched. Sentry just flies off into space with them. That's all. That's he just, yeah. Which doesn't make sense because his, I thought his body ended up in the, in the North Sea, and eventually the Avengers started using him for a. Or was that the I, gardener? I, I I I think that is a different one. I don't. That's think, the gardener. I think it's the gardener. Yes. Okay. okay. We're, 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 yeah, we're talking about a Jason Aaron storyline that comes up way later. Um, yeah, in which the Avengers are using the body of a destroyed uh, Celestial as their new uh, headquarters. Yeah, so basically we get to this point now where the fight is basically, over. for the most part, over. Um, the Avengers have avenged the Earth. They, you know, they've they've gotten everything back to normal, but now we're having this issue where Rogue cannot handle all these minds and all these memories and all these powers. And now Wanda uh, basically... Is trying to help her. Well, so Wanda gets all of them out except for Wonder Man. Except yes. for Simon. And she is trying to expel him and it's not working. Yeah. And Rogue straight freaks out because now her powers that she, she just finally... She's basically back to square one. Getting control of, or back to square one. She can't even control her original powers. Yeah. And she's got one, uh, Simon inside her head, basically chewing her out, saying, spit me out. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like uh, that Futurama episode where the uh, Fry drinks the Emperor. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She, uh, yeah, so. No, you can't just pee me out. No, you can't puke me out. And I will not be sweated out of your armpits. No. <laughs> we, we do end up at this uh, 
it's you know so you know we there are obviously um, ramifications. There are ramifications. They guess they saved the day, but you know now we're we're faced with this moment where you know uh, havoc or Alex is you know he's meeting up with his wife um, and she has to come to the hard realization that they'll never see their child ever again. You know, it's, they've won the war, but it's, there's that. And then there's the also relationship with rogue and Wando, where they are agreeing to, uh, work together to try and get Simon out of them. They will figure it out and they will get her back. Yeah. Uh, and basically, I think that's the next issue is basically just it's it's kind of like filler for the most part, but it, it focuses more on the fact that yes, Wanda and um, Rogue are now you know almost BFFs <laughs> completely, and and well, and it's also like setting up this notion that um, even this team has drastically changed. Um, like I think at this point, some Alex time has passed. Alex, uh, so. The remaining members, so Shiro um, and Alex and, I believe, Rogue and Banshee, um, they actually have them, they're basically saying that, like, we, we, we're, we're trying to repair Rogue. We're, we're trying to, like, get all this energy out, but, you know, and then they have Banshee. They're trying to siphon off all this Death Sea energy, but they're saying it's going to take forever. It's um, going to take a long time. With Alex, they're basically siphoning off all this cosmic energy that he has, and Shiro, they're, they're doing the same, but they're also trying to contain what he has left. They've basically got a bunch of containment containers, containers, and they're trying to pull everybody out. Yeah. Uh, we pull everybody out besides Banshee, because he's still he's gonna, he's Yeah, he's going to have to stay in there yeah, for and, quite a while. And, and I don't think they've, they, I don't think they've except for... The newest X-Men stuff, they've obviously showed, but that was a whole different change and everything. But since then, they really haven't, like, you know, brought him back or, like... No. There's been no real conclusion with his character, which kind of sucks a little bit, you know? Like I said, this ending to this story is... But they kind of went back to the kind of just where Banshee was kind of just not alive. Yeah. And that's that's okay, too, because that's where it kind of needed to be. Yeah. But so now we got Alex awakening... And he's worried because he's not sure how Janet's going to react. And immediately she's just like, she does, it doesn't matter. It's like, it's like nothing yeah, has changed. His face is horribly scarred. Horribly scarred. Cannot be repaired. There is nothing that they can do. They can't skin graft. They can't do anything. Yeah. Uh, Wanda is kind of trying to calm Rogue down because Rogue still realizes that she can't control this. And it's, 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 it's where they form their bond. It's Rogue, Rogue, um, you know, to, to not even have your own mind is, it, it's psychologically like, and once you come out of that and you've cleared that hump and you've went through so much to get out of that, and now you're right back in it. Like you, you now, your, your mind is not your own. Simon is talking to her. He's like, listen, we're going to figure this out. He's trying to talk to her. Wanda's trying to talk to her. She's freaking out, which rightfully so. Like, your mind is not your own anymore. Yeah. And so, it, you know, there are a lot of good things that get resolved. It's like this whole rogue Wanda situation. It, they have 
really almost become sister-like. Yes. And and it's, you know, it, it's what you need to see. Um, again, add that whole Alex thing. Um, there is a happy ending. It's not the happy ending that we all wanted, but it's a happy ending nonetheless. But there is more. Yeah. So there is a point where it's like, it's like a little bit later, they're still talking about her and they're like, well, I don't know how our relationship is going to move past this. Well, then Amortis shows up. Yes. Now, Amortis, like I said, we've said this numerous, is Kang's younger version of himself who hasn't quite he's become not, an evil bastard. He's not yet. really an evil bastard. He's worked with the Avengers. They somewhat trust him. Yeah. And in this, he says, I will tell you the exact time you need to conceive a child. To get her back. To get her back. Yeah. And she'll be just the same, only she won't have to grow up in a shit lab where she can't ever go out because she's half human. Yeah. And this is also where he warns them of the impending uh, Red Skull situation. It had it did not go away. It did not go away. It's just But they've been distracted. Yeah. So and basically all this is, like I said, at the end, uh, Kang left Ahab. Ahab specifically had his own goal, and basically, by the end of that issue, it's uh, Ahab and Red Skull have set up these mutant concentration camps, so we've set into motion this, you know, the start of, you know... The period that created the issue for the apocalypse trends. Yeah. And now we go into the issues that are leading up to the road to access which it is it is kind of sad that two of the books that we are going to be doing they culminate with this very lackluster ending mediocre storyline yeah um it, it and it is an ending but it's you know it's just i don't know it's it's not a great ending um basically you know we're still dealing with the fallout of uh, Avenge the Earth, and all of a sudden now we got the shithead S Men showing up. Well, so and, and that's another thing. So the S Men show up. They kidnap Wanda and Rogue, um, but Rogue actually gets a message from Charles Xavier, and it's and it's and it's not the Charles Xavier that you think. It is the essentially the remains of Charles' psychic essence that is still in the Red Skull. Because apparently this whole time, Charles has kind of been holding Red Skull back. He has, but it's costing him what's left of his energy. He's He's telling her, hey, you've got so much time, you've got to stop this. And and, And basically what this part is, they're... He's telling her, you are captured. You have these inhibitor collars, because that's what Ahab does. He puts these inhibitor collars on mutants to dampen their powers, or completely erase them almost. But he's saying, basically this moment, this is where the whole Wonder Man being absorbed into Rogue is actually going to save them. Yes, because, because inhibitor collars do not work on anything but mutant powers. Yes. And... Wonder Man is not a mutant. No. So he is a hero that has a completely different backstory. And basically his power is going to be able to short circuit these collars and allow 
the three or four. How many is it? Three or four? It's Rogue, Wanda, and uh, Alex. So they are captured. They're there. Magneto is also there, but you don't find it out until a little bit later. But basically, yeah, Rogue just with ease breaks these colors because she's not using her energy. She's using Simon's. Um, and that's kind of like the wild trump part. But now we have, you know. They're stuck in these concentration camps. Yes, we're stuck in these concentration camps. Uh, Magneto's there. They also break him out. Magneto is on a different path. Magneto's goal is to just end the Red Skull any way he can. I mean, it's basically been his goal his whole life. It's, you know, it's... He's always been fighting any form of Nazi energy that could possibly stand up. Yeah. And that includes what could come from humans to create concentration camps for mutants, which his greatest fear has started. There's concentration camps and there's mutants in it. And so we get into the next issue, which is, again, just the issue right before we kick off into Axis. Um... Red Skull has basically taken over uh, the three remaining Avengers. He's left Magneto, and I'm only assuming, because at this point I think either Red Skull is either trying to, like, I, I, I guess, like, he's doing this particularly because Red Skull's always had a thing with Magneto, you know? like He, he does, but remember how earlier it showed the Red Onslaught? I think the Red Skull... Wants the red onslaught. Yes, and he okay. knows Magneto you, is you, the one that that is. Um, so basically, what this whole issue is is it is this. You know, Magneto. That the, these remaining Avengers are trying to get Magneto not not to do what Magneto is just going to do anyways. Yes, and it's Magneto basically being like, listen. This is what happens. This is what this is my greatest fear. This is what I. This is why. This I've is been what I've always I, fought. Yeah, this is the way. I, this is why I've been the way I've been, my whole life. And mind you, that these heroes are having to fight the Red Skull's control while fighting, trying to fight Magneto. Yeah. And I think like and, the, and the S Men are going to get involved. Ahab gets involved, the S-Men get involved, and basically that deters, we basically, that basically makes it to where the Uncanny Avengers, the team, the three of them, are fighting the S-Men, they're fighting Ahab, there's a fight going on, but the most important part, the thing that you need to take away from this issue is Magneto has a one-on-one with Red Skull. And Red Skull can't get to him because he has his helmet. Yeah. Which has always been his deterrent against Charles's power. Yeah. And we're basically getting to this point where, like, you know, Magneto's, you know, Magneto's losing it. Or not losing it, but he's just doing it. He's like, he's doing the damn thing. They're trying to stop him. This is not the way that they do it. But Magneto's like, no, this is what I'm going to do. This is the culmination of my story. I'm I'm ending this. I'm ending this once and for all. We're done. Yeah. And so basically he just... You know, he just starts beating the shit out of Red Skull with his bare hands. He's like, I'm not even going to use my powers on you. I'm going to do it with my fists. So he's doing it very brutally. Again, Red Skull can't really do anything to Magneto because of the helmet. Yeah, Red Red Skull is not a powerful villain 
He's a manipulator and a planner and a weapons guy. And but, but also, he's, but he's not a fighter. Yeah, and and this is and this is what Keith was talking about earlier too. This is all intentional because they're trying to stop him. And like Red Skull's kind of like not even really fighting Magneto because this is basically what Red Skull wants. You find that out. Well, he he does know that he wants it, but even if he wanted to, he couldn't fight. He's never been a good fighter, hand to hand combat fighter. He's not that guy. That villain. He's not that villain. He needs technology. He needs Arnim Zola to create stuff for him to be really successful, or he needs this S Men to kind of push his power, um, extend his range so that he can use Charles's brain. Yeah. But he can't even use that because... Well, and, yeah, and, and that was kind of the thing that they were also saying. Like, when they first met him, he, he, he was just getting used to it. Now he's kind of gotten a little bit more used to it, but not fully. And he's because, fought off Charles. Yeah, and Charles is finally the last remains. So we get to this point where Magneto um, basically crushes the Red Skull. Crushes his skull. Yeah, he 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 picks up a giant rock and drops it on his head and smashes his head. Mind you, he's not using his powers. This is all pleasure for Magneto. He's doing it with his bare hands, all this stuff. And this is where we get to the point where, like, everyone's like, "Oh shit!" The S Men kind of back off, disappear. Rogue's dealing with the fact that one of her on again, off again lovers has created this or has. Committed this brutal crime. Yeah, essentially has went maybe too far. But his then, daughter is there, disgusted with him. Yeah, and then there's havoc. Yeah. Well, and then we get the nice little thing where, like, then now Red Skull starts talking and without he, a head. Yeah, basically he blows everyone away. The smoke clears, and now we have the red onslaught. Yep. Which, which, when we saw this and knew that this was going to lead into Axis, we thought Axis was going to be a great storyline. Yeah. And basically what we're going to do here is cover... It's mine. Cover the... Give you about a 20 second upgrade of what happened to close this all out. Uh, So... The heroes try to fight the Red Skull, or the Red Onslaught. Can't do it. Magneto goes and gets a group of villains. They can't do it. Wanda and Pietro are around, and Wanda, I believe, tries to eliminate their bloodline. And that's when they find out that they're not really children of Eric Fletcher, which... It's retcon. It's it's terrible. It, the thing was, and I think this is what they were going for, is in the movies, we were starting to get Wanda and Pietro in the Marvel Universe. They did not have rights to the X-Men. So how do you how do you make the books fall in line with the movies? Well, you do this big, in my opinion, a very stupid retcon. In retrospect, it's the dumbest thing they ever did because now they own the rights to the movies and they could make the characters mutants. And it would have made so much more sense that Wanda had a little bit of power before she got a hold of them. And that's how the Mind Stone 
It would have made WandaVision make more sense. It would have made Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness make more sense. But, nope. They just jacked it up because they didn't think they were ever going to get the X-Men back. And then they ended up buying the whole studio <laughs> three years later. Doing some Disney shit right there. It was, it was the dumbest shit possible. It's... It is, and like I said, we we've kind of been we've been trying to like soften the blow, but this whole run, unfortunately, ends with this mediocre. I only say mediocre. I would say it's less horrible. than par. It's horrible, and it it is unfortunate because Rick, like I said, Rick Remender is such a talented writer and has such a voice for these characters, and we get to this bigger event that I'm pretty sure he was kind of roped into writing, essentially. Yeah, and he... I think his plans for what the Red Skull onslaught was completely got thrown out the window. Like halfway through. And so, like, in the second issue of this six-part storyline... What everyone thinks is going to be a storyline about the Red Onslaught. They do this inversion. They've destroyed the Red Onslaught. Now the problem is that... The heroes, which have always outnumbered the villains, are now the villains, and the villains are all the heroes. And so now it's a fight to try and bring back balance. Yeah. We, we got Hulk is this black monster named Clue. He looks amazing, but it's, it's dumb. It's essentially like when he hulks out, it is anger based off of sadness, not anger for anger's sake. It was like, it's a different type of anger. It, it, it was horrible. The X-Men are bad guys, yeah. which there's like 9 million X-Men. There's well, no, the, the villains are like 50. And, and, and that was the other thing too. So, during, that was another thing we, I, I forgot. I it It's not really like an important part to the storyline for Uncanny Avengers, but at some point, uh, Wolverine um, has essentially, and we talked about it earlier, where there was a second clone of Apocalypse, and his name was Evan, and he was living at the, you know, the the Wolverine school, and also there was a remnant of basically the good aspect of Archangel, and he didn't have the metal wings, he had the, the feather wings and all that stuff. They were living at the Wolverine school, mind you. That was kind of like a whole thing with Wolverine and the X-Men, which is also a very good book that you should also read. But that's another part of Access because Evan somehow shows up and he gets inverted, Inverted. but then he becomes Apocalypse, Apocalypse, which makes no goddamn sense. He was a completely different person and was a great hero who feared becoming the Apocalypse. And he shows up and he becomes the Apocalypse. And he, and he, like, leads the X-Men. It, that's what I'm saying. It's, we, it, it's, we, there's it's so horrible. Many, there's so many story aspects that it's like we built up. And I'm talking, like, we built up from the very start of this book, Uncanny Avengers, for Red Onslaught. And then we get to this point, right? We're like, okay, here we go. We have this giant cathartic moment for Magneto, right? He kills this, like, like the... the the mother of all Nazis, basically, who also shares his best friend's brain. Stole his best friend's Stole brain. Stole his best friend's brain. So it's this huge turning point. It's this huge cathartic thing, but it ends up being their undoing. And even that... Isn't even the main part of the end of the storyline. Yeah. And it so, was... 
it was unfortunately a very sad end to, you know, a very, very good storyline, a very good storyline of like, almost like a, like I said, a culmination of every storyline from the past 10, like 10 years. Yeah. Un- was unfortunately, you screwed know, up. screwed up. And, um, it is sad, but the it, access storyline ends with everything getting set back to normal, minus Red Skull, who's kind of now the gray slash white skull, and it's more Xavier, but it's still not Xavier. Yeah. It, well, and then like and, I think I, Iron Man at one point. Well, as they're getting ready to invert everyone, Iron Man creates this shield. To keep himself from going back to the way he was. That's right. He stays a villain. The shield also keeps Havoc from getting reinverted back to the, his normal self. So all this storyline with Janet, which it's was undone. great, he's now a shithead, and Janet won't have anything to do with him, and there's no way they can save their daughter yeah. or rehab their daughter because now he's he's just a jackass. The only real saving grace of it is we get a... Inverted saber tooth. About the time they're getting ready to kill off Wolverine. Well, I think yeah, I think uh, a little bit after that they did kill Wolverine. Yeah, because then they they're, they're heading into the. They already have set up stuff in Wolverine and the X Men to where Wolverine knows he's, he's dying. Yeah, he doesn't have his powers. In the end, he ends up. We'll talk about this in another point. We'll give you more. Uh, expand on it, but he ends up covered in animanium and essentially dies for a, short, for a while. It was dumb. It was dumb then. The resurrection was dumb. It was It was essentially, and the way I always looked at it, it was, it was a Marvel cash grab. Because they, they didn't like name the book like Wolverine. It was like Death of Wolverine. It was a cash was grab. Death of Wolverine. Then they followed it up with a couple of uh, Laura-led teams. Yeah. X-23, which is his clone. Yeah. That was called Wolverines. They did that. There was also a Wolverine book with her featured alone. And then there were clones of her that one of them turned out to be an alright character. Yeah. And she's kind of fun. But it it was a big cash grab. It was a big storyline. And they ended up backtracking on it two years later. If it was even that long. Yeah. And... I would even go so far as to say that Axis was kind of the turning point when oh, it came cash to grabbing well from Marvel. When it came for Marvel's big events actually meaning shit. Yeah. We, that this is when we started to get into the territory of event fatigue. There was there was an event every month almost after Axis and I, most I, of the events just ended up petering out and meaning next to nothing and they were kind of pointless and unfortunately that's kind of where we're at with Marvel even now to this day they really haven't stopped they've just kind of been doing little things here and there and we've gotten some things that are cool but you have to wait through all the other stuff just to get to those little nuggets you know I would say you're almost right I would say Original Sin was the first that was so garbage that it was just a cash grab that did Nothing. So, okay, when, what what was first, Axis or Original Sin? Original Sin was first. Okay. Cause, cause the, the only thing that came out of Original Sin was the whole uh, 
basically Nick Fury has been the man on the wall, which is... A mantle that needs to be carried on, yeah. so Bucky Barnes takes it over. And, and they made well, a couple of bucks with and, that. And then uh, Yatu was murdered. That was like the whole that was, point. That was part of Original yeah. Sin. And all it really did was showed that Nick Fury killed him. Yeah. So they killed Nick Fury. And now they needed somebody to do the dirty Thor, work. And then, and, Thor, and then Thor wasn't worthy. Yeah. I, I will say the one thing I did like about it was the Iron Man versus Hulk three, three-parter. That was really good because that went back and showed that Tony was actually complicit in creating yeah. the Hulk. Yeah. Which, and that was cool. Yeah. So there and were it, there were cool things. I think at one point Loki actually becomes worthy. Uh, or no, it was after Original Sin. Loki no. becomes worthy. For no. a little bit, he does. No, Loki had been doing his own thing, and he was kind of going down a good path. Oh, okay. And that kind of ended after the inversion of Axis. Oh, that's right. Because he was kind of working with some girl. It was a book that I read, it was, I picked up in the middle. It was, of, a, fe- and it it was, was okay. a female version of himself, basically. No. It wasn't? No, it was just some random girl. He made a I'm, telling, I'm telling you, after I'm telling you, after Axis and Ritual Sin, there for a while, I checked out for a lot of stuff for Marvel. And that's what I'm talking about. It, it, it was, I... When, there was... We, we had, because during the time of Uncanny Avengers, we also had... Um, I think not until Infinity, which was a very good storyline as well. But basically, there was a bunch of just lackluster stories. And then we got to this certain point where we started dealing with incursions and stuff like that. That's when it started picking back up for me. That's when I was like, I kind of, you know, was like starting to get back into it. Um, and I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm, I'm not, just saying there that there, for a while... There was a lot of bad storylines. There was a lot of good stories. Storylines in there too, because I want to say it's right around the time that Original Sin came out. We started doing Amazing X Men, which brought back Nightcrawler. That was an amazing storyline. That was very good. Uh, Uh, There was that was in the middle of the Wolverine and the X Men run, which was amazing. We, we, of course, right after that, we went to the Spider Man and the X Men, which was which was garbage. Yeah, Um, (laughs) we did get Superior Iron Man, which was actually pretty decent. Yeah. I um, like Superior Iron Man. I so, was, so there are things. There know? are things that were great, and then there was... But a lot of Marvel stuff was kind of not great that for a long time. And it didn't get better, and that's why I read mostly old stuff now rather than new stuff. Yeah. The, the only storyline that I can think of that really got me after this was... Uh, the resurrection of Jean Grey, which happened after Wolverine was already back. Yeah. So that tells you how long that lasted. Uh, into X-Men Red, that was a great storyline. Mm-hmm. Of course, that ended to do Stupid Secret Wars, which was terrible. Yeah, Secret Wars kind of... And like Se- the build- Secret Wars was the kind of the brick that broke the camel's back. Yeah. There was... I, I stayed around for a while, but... It wasn't good. Basically. Or no, 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 no. This came after Secret Wars. Those two came after Secret Wars. Because what ended them was the whole Powers of X, House of X. Yeah, yes. And so it was those two that were really good. 
Um, Wolverine and the X-Men were alright again. Because they were kind of dealing with the fallout of Death of X, where we figured out that the Terrigen bomb that uh, the Black Bolt, Black Bolt, and that, that was that was during Infinity. Yeah, that was a very good storyline. See, I didn't read that one it's, because it, I had they let me down too many times. I was done with their big events. See, and but I, I, that was that's what I was trying to say. Is like for a while there. Marvel was kind of just in a weird spot. Uh, this was when they yeah. were doing the movies, so they were trying to like make everything kind of coincide with each other. Um, Infinity, to me, um, was like this storyline that uh, Jonathan Hickman started writing, and it really it kind of put it it kind of it, it, it to me it has the very same kind of feel that Uncanny Avengers had. It was this kind of bigger storyline. It split a bunch. Um, it went in different directions, but it all culminated, and the way it culminated was so perfect, and then it kept going, and we started getting, um, you know, other books after that that was leading up to Secret Wars. The only problem I, I genuinely feel with Secret Wars was Jonathan Hickman is a long-term writer. He, he likes to make things go longer, because if you really think about it, that's probably the best form of storytelling yeah and unfortunately i think with secret wars they they extended him i think like two issues and even that wasn't enough they were still cutting him yeah and unfortunately i think that book because it was all this lead up and then it unfortunately uh just what the payoff wasn't worth it it's very much like uncanny avengers you have these writers that have these grand ideas and these very good premises and it just there are times where it feels like this they company yeah they, they they get kind of um they get rushed or they get you know things change it's kind of the same thing with movie industries you have people with vision but then you have other people coming in and stepping on toes yeah and un- unfortunately you know yeah it's kind of like what this book was and it was during this time that they were doing away with the x-men they were trying to literally kill them off yeah and make the Inhumans a thing. Because they it didn't was, have the rights to it. Because they didn't have the rights to it. Uh, they downplayed the X-Men. Even then, the X-Men stuff was still some of the best sellers. Wolverine and the X-Men. They went to frickin' uh, uh, They did end up changing Limbo. Right? Yeah. Limbo. Yeah. They took everything to limbo so they could survive because they couldn't breathe the air on Earth. Yeah. And then they eventually that all cleared up and they went back to Earth and ended up in New York City because they miscalculated and dropped the mansion in the middle of Central Park. Yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Which was interesting because now they were part of New York City, which is where everything is focused at. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of good stuff, but like I said, those two X-Men storylines, the resurrection of Jean Grey and X-Men Red, were really good. And the Immortal Hulk stuff, which we will eventually cut. Oh. But that's going to have to be like a five-part. It, it, it Because it's 50 issues. And there's so much that happens that's important in that. It's it, it's it, 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 this is another this is another thing 
with the Hulk. It's very similar to Uncanny Avengers because there is so much Hulk backstory and lore that you kind of need to know going into this. Yeah. And if you don't... If you don't know... They, they do, they do kind of cap kind you of, off, they, they but kind like, of, then you have to go back and figure it out. Yeah, they, they kind of explain it just enough to, for you to understand, to keep reading. But if you really, really want to understand it, you have to go back and read it. And I mean, this is stuff going back to the 60s. We got... Yeah. Because, like... They're, they're pulling information with, from storylines from... Instead of when Betty Ross gets shot... To, and killed so that she comes through the green door instead of her just being the red she-hulk there's part of the harpy mixed in with her and see, she and becomes like, the red harpy and right there in that sentence right there if you don't understand that that's what we're talking about exactly harpy <laughs> goes all the way back to the 60s in some of the earliest earliest yeah. hulk stories i think what was it like leader spliced her dna and also gave her cybernetic attachments or something no, like that it was all gamma Oh, okay, okay. There was Gamma, and there was some bird in her. Yeah. Re- but re- regardless, Immortal Hulk probably is something that we will eventually get around to covering, because... We both love it. It's, we, one, of the, it's one of those storylines that we both love. Yeah, it's, um, it's also, like, I'm a huge horror fan, so if you like horror, this is... There's a lot of that. My God. This, <laughs> so, like, if you're used to, like, the typical Hulk book where he's running around being mean and smashing and all this stuff, this book goes, it has that. It has that for you. But this book also goes into these other directions that are, they're, they're, they're frightening. And it, and it kind of takes this idea of the Hulk and really expands it into, like, a different territory, something completely different. And, uh, you know, it... And again, it's you know it's it's like fifty issues, yeah. and it and it's and it uh, it's 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 like Uncanny Avengers. It's this little nugget of story that is just it is some of the best writing, and you do unfortunately have to wade through all the crap to get to these little nuggets. But and that's why we did this episode is because this this Uncanny Avengers storyline was far and wide one of the it, it, it's up there with like Korvac saga and. You know, like uh, the Dark Phoenix and Phoenix Saga, and like it's all these. It's it's the death of Gwen Stacy. It's all the it's these Marvel masterpieces. It, it is part of it. It's one of the greatest, and I think we're about to a point where I think we can wrap this up. We're yeah. kind of getting off track here because we kind of covered what we needed to with this. We we we, we so. gushed a little bit, but um, <laughs> man, go out and read Uncanny Avengers, guys. Yeah, I mean. The whole storyline is great. Don't let the feelings of Axis tear you away from it. Because, sure, the payoff isn't great, but everything leading up to it is better than 90% of the stuff that's been written probably since the millennium. Yeah. And, like like I said, if you go back and you read that, too, um, other Rick Remender titles that I would recommend is An Image, uh, Black Science. That's another book that Rick Remender just, he kills. He He's just such a good writer. He's got such a good voice. The way he paces things, uh, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, we're getting ready to r- wrap this up. 
we've been advertising that Magneto was going to come next. Yeah. Well, we made the executive decision after <laughs> this became a three-part episode that we needed to cover something smaller. Uh, we wanted to show that we're not total Marvel uh, fanatics. Yeah. And we do love some DC. I know Chris is much deeper in DC. I'm, we're going to get into these DC episodes, and I feel like you're going to hear me just go... Off the cut. Whereas, and you've heard Keith talk about the backstory of the X Men and all this stuff. That's what he's. That's what he likes. I'm going to start popping off with all these crazy information about DC. I'm a DC guy. Um, I am a Marvel guy too, but for the most part, I, you know, I grew up with DC and all that stuff. But yeah, so we will probably most likely be doing. Um, I think it's like Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison's. Uh, it was kind of like this part of this Earth One. Uh, storyline, but it's, so it's Grant Morrison and Yannick Paquit um, doing Wonder Woman, and it's a great little story. Um, very, very a, self-contained, but it, also it's a very hardback. Yeah, it's three hardbacks. It's it's you know it's it's so it's the, a simple tale. It's not overly complicated, but it just hits all the notes that Wonder Woman, um, you know, should be hitting. You know, especially in the modern age of, you know... You want to hit the official title so we can do the old... Let's hit that shit. So, it's Wonder Woman, Year One. <laughs> um, it's a great little storyline. Well, I've read it. it he's read not, it. not Year One, it's uh, Earth One. Earth One. Earth You're one. right. Yes, it is yes. Earth One. I'm sorry. That's all good. It's year, the it's first book is year one. Yeah, it's it's basically it basically is year one. It's it's how Wonder Woman, you know, came to be. It's basically a retelling, but it's, it's just slightly it's a retelling, different. and it's but it's slightly different. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's really fun. It's small. It's not hard to read. The art is phenomenal. The art is great. Yeah, and it's just a little bit of DC that we both know really really well. And it won't take me too long to dig out because. With the DC stuff that we can hit that I've read, I'd have to go back into the boxes and start digging that out. Well, I mean, <laughs> so, even that, I can I can give you those things because I have yeah. I have stupid amounts of DC graphic novels. Yeah, yeah, no, I I know, but we're trying. I'm just trying yeah. to hit stuff that I know and that I have. So we're gonna hit that next week, uh, and then we will get back into the Magneto storyline that leads up to his story. Which does lead to access. Yeah, which, unfortunately, again, was, also culminates in access. But it's terrible. Again, again <laughs> Magneto is just, you know, he's just, he's a perfect, he's a perfect villain. You hate him, you love him, you know, you understand him. He still does terrible things, but at the same time, at the core of his being, he's a good person. Yeah, I mean, this really goes a long way to make him a true anti-hero, even though he had been member of an X-Men team several times yeah, before yes. this. Yeah. So, um, again, if you guys want to follow us, send us an email. Omega.core.pod at gmail.com, all lowercase, O-M-E-G-A dot C-O-R-P-S dot P-O-D at gmail.com. Or follow us on uh, Omega Core with Chris and Keith on Facebook. And hop on over and Check out the uh, RSS feed site, which is available on a link through the uh, Facebook page, and you can find all our episodes there. Which, by the end of this, probably be five. 
five episodes. This is episode five. Yeah. So we have made the uh, way through five. So uh, if you guys go, if you guys are still listening to this, go ahead and find something new or find something you love and reread that. Just comics are great if you get into them. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye.